Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Amma ba'd, rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul 'uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli. Well, praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and peace and salutations be upon our final messenger Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, welcome back to part uh, 2 of um, our brief journey uh, through Surah Rahman. Uh, the last ayah we stopped on was the first mention of And before that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, taught us many uh, of His blessings upon us and He will continue to do so, teach us many of His blessings uh, upon us. And um, just before uh, the ayah we took Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, blessed us with uh, fruits and palm trees having um, uh, sheaths of dates and we know when the dates uh, grow for those who've seen uh, dates grow on palm trees they come out in abundance and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us about grains having husks and uh, scented plants rehan we spoke about rehan scented plants and also plants that are covered in in a way that makes them beautiful to look at Right, pleasing to look at. We said rihan refers to these sweet-spanning uh, plants, as well as um, uh, these plants that are covered, that are, uh, give you pleasure when you look at it. And one other thing we want to highlight is uh, we spoke earlier about this duality in in in, uh, in Surah Rahman, and um, how in Allah Subhanahu and balance how the surah has balance. If Allah talks about the heavens, He talks about the earth. If He talks about the land, He talks about the sea. If He talks about uh, punishment, He speaks about reward. If He speaks about Jahannam, He speaks about Jannah. And even if you look in the first few ayahs that we took, this this balance exists. If you look in, in uh, uh, for example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, when He tells us about Ashams wal Qamar wal Najm, right? Then Allah and wasama rafa'aha. Allah tells us about the shajar, right, uh, as well. And Allah tells us about the ard. Wal ard wada'aha lil anam. The ard refers to the land and how Allah has spaced out the land. So Allah told us about the skies. He told us about the sun. He told us about the the moon. He told us about the stars. And then He tells us about the trees and how the trees prostrate to Allah. Uh, when he tells us about the things of the skies that prostrate to Allah, He tells us and the trees also prostrate to Allah. And we know that. Um, the stars are many in the sky and trees on earth are many on earth right uh, subhanallah so when Allah tells us about the masses of the sky that prostrate to Allah he teaches, uh, teaches us about the masses on earth that prostrate to Allah he tells us about the sama how it's been raised so perfectly Allah tells us how he spread the land for us so can you see this this, um, this balance that we uh, find and this comprehensiveness that we find in Surah Rahman. So I mentioned this to you at the beginning and now we're seeing it in action. And we're going to continuously see this as we go through uh, the Surah. Now, تُكَذِّبَانَ The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it 31 times, we can actually take uh, a lesson uh, from this. And that is uh, the lesson of uh, how important when things are important or how important this concept of gratitude is and recognizing Allah's uh, blessings upon us is because uh, when something is important we repeat it it's human nature right like when you tell your kids that have you done this are you sure you've done it are you sure you, you've studied are you sure you've studied did you are you ready you sure you don't need to read it again you know you uh, parents would uh, repeat it because it's important right uh, when someone's traveling, did you double check? Did you triple check? Did you check the tickets? Did you check the passports? These are important matters, right? We repeat and we, we, we double check and triple check. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is repeating, تُكَذِّبَانَ 31 times. This should highlight uh, to us how um, important this matter is. And I shared a similar lesson about this uh, during the Ramadan uh, rem uh, re reminders uh, for those who followed me online. When we spoke about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions taqwa so many times in the Qur'an, but when He speaks about Ramadan, it's mentioned, uh, you can count the number of times Ramadan is mentioned uh, on, on, on your, uh, mentioned in the Qur'an. When He speaks about fasting, uh, you, can, you, know, you can count the number of times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned 
fasting, but taqwa is countless times. Why? Because fasting is easy, but taqwa is hard. Right? Taqwa is hard. Fasting is easy. What's harder? It's taqwa. And what's the objective of fasting? Taqwa. So the Quran has this norm that when the important matters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, repeats it for us and repeats it for us and repeats it for us. And here in one surah, we find uh, this repetition. Which of the favors of your Lord uh, do you deny? And that's why we said from the objectives of the surah, I had to mention it, I went back to it, is that you uh, learn how to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and recognize His blessings upon you. You've got to take time out to actually think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings upon you because you can only thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala well if you recognize Allah's blessings upon you. There's so many blessings that Allah has given us that we have no recognition of and thus we don't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appropriately. Right? And we spoke earlier that when you realize how much Allah has done for you, the more you love Allah. And the more you love Allah, the more you're going to want to do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this surah is building our ubudiyah. It's building our ability to worship when Allah is teaching us of His blessings and His mercy and His blessings and His mercy and His blessings and His mercy, it grows your love for Allah. Thus, this will develop your ubudiyah uh, appropriately. So, reyhan refers to sweet-smelling plants and those plants that are covered in a way that makes it pleasing for you to look at. And then Allah says, so which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention to how He created us. And... Um, uh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, made us and our, uh, our reality as the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ And then, remember we said, there's always this comparison, this duality. After Allah teaches us how He created us, He teaches us how He created the jinn. Right? So Allah says that He created man from clay like that of pottery, that which is used uh, to make pottery, so there's mud, then Allah added water to that mud, and that's why in other ayat Allah tells us that He created us from water. Allahu khalaqa kulla dabbatin min ma. Right? Uh, so Allah created everything from water. And Allah added water to the, uh, to the mud, so it became clay. Thus we find uh, Allah telling us that He created us min hama'in masnoon, which refers to black, heated, dry, smoothened clay. So we, if you look at the different descriptions in the Qur'an, uh, they complement each other and through it we, we have an understanding of our exact makeup, right? So basically, uh, and again, remember we said it's important that we look beyond the apparent meaning of the ayah. And when we look the, uh, beyond the apparent meanings of, of sand and water and clay and heated clay and so on and so forth, uh, we realize or we learn how humble we should be as human beings, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us from humble elements. Water, sand, right? These are humble elements. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ كَالْفَخَّارِ And the scholars say, salsal refers to something that a sound emanates from when you tap it. And Ibn Kathir mentions that when Allah created Adam, He left Adam in the state before He blew the soul into him, for a period of time and the angels would pass by and, uh, in Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah, this history book of Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, the beginning and the end, he cites this and he says that the angels would walk past, past and see this new creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was hollow, which means it was hardened, right? I mean, like we said, Hama'im Masnoon, uh, Allah says, uh, after we were shaped, it was heated, so now we dry. And that's what happens to clay pottery. After the shape is decided, then it's left to dry and it becomes hard. And when you tap it, a sound emanates from it. This is similar to us. And how fragile is pottery? It's fragile, right? Subhanallah. So we've got to thank Allah in terms of our strengths and abilities. And also, recognize how fragile we are. Now, as one of the du'at said, that subhanallah... Uh, if one small vein experiences a little twist, you could enter, you could have health issues, subhanAllah, that are uncountable. So then why do you be arrogant? Why are you arrogant? <laughs> That's how fragile you are. Why are you arrogant? Where does the arrogance come from? 
It's not befitting for your reality as a creation. And that should prove to us the presence of shaitan. That indeed there is a shaitan. The fact that fragile creation can actually adopt arrogance means there is this hidden enemy. Because he breeds within us this pride. So this is what Allah tells us here. Then Allah takes our attention to the reality of the creation of the jinn. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he created the jinn from a, fl- a smokeless flame of fire. وَخَلَقَ الْجَانِ مِنْ مَارِجٍ مِنْ نَارِ And uh, the scholars say um, that, um, uh, that when it comes to uh, jinn, then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them from uh, a perfect blaze that's the, the perfect blaze that stems from the flame. And you have a perfect fire at the right temperature and it's burning well. You see these sparks, these, these uh, shahab, these uh, uh, flames that uh, separate from the fire as the fire is burning. And this is the basis of the creation of the jinn. And jinn refers to something hidden. And that's why jannah is called jannah because it's from the unseen. So the jinn refers to something hidden and Jannah refers to, uh, the, uh, uh, refers to the unseen. And also the janin, the fetus is called janin. Can you see it's sharing, it's sharing the two letters, jim and nun. Because janin also refers to the fetus, something which is covered. The fetus is covered. It exists but you can't see it. Jannah exists but you can't see it. The jinn exists but you can't see it. So they share these same letters, Jim and Nun, uh, 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 meanings uh, that come from words that have a base function, uh, uh, a base makeup of the letter Jim and Nun. Uh, they carry uh, the meanings of something that exists but is not seen; it's hidden. So this is how this is the basis of Shaytan, a meaning of Jinn, and we know that Iblis is from the Jinn. Allah tells us, "Kana min al-Jinni fafasaqa an amri Rabbi." In which surah? In Surah Al-Kahf, that Iblis was from the jinn. And the jinn have a nature to disobey, and he disobeyed the commands of his Lord. And mankind as well, we have choice. We are creatures of choice. Allah says, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرُ Because we have choice. So those who choose the path of, of guidance, let them believe. And those who choose the path of misguidance, let them disbelieve. Surah Al-Kahf indeed is that weekly perspective for both in jinn kind and mankind. It is the weekly perspective. A lot of perspective is laid down in Surah Al-Kahf regarding our realities. That the weak might throw us right and throw us left and cause us uh, uh, cause our calibrations to change. A bit of pride might come in there. A bit of bad character might settle in there. Huh? Uh, you might lose your ikhlas a little bit there. And then you read Surah Al-Kahf, obviously reading it with understanding, and it recalibrates you. And you enter the next week in, in, in a way better than you were at the end of the last week. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Surah Al-Kahf is a light from the last, from the last uh, week to the next week. It's only a light if you implement its lessons. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then brings us to uh, this reality. The reality of us as a creation and the reality as, uh, of the jinn uh, as uh, creation. Um, uh, meaning the reality of the jinn as the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed, we have the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. And this hadith is also in Sahih Muslim, if my memory serves me right, in which she says that the Messenger وسلم, is reported to have said that the angels have been created from light and the jinn from a rising flame. And we spoke about the shahab, marriage minnar, a rising flame that peaks out of a healthy fire. And mankind has been created from that uh, which has been already described, described as we've seen in Surah Al-Rahman and other ayat in the Quran. We spoke about salsal, we spoke about hama'im masnoon, we spoke about ma', we spoke about uh, clay, right? So Allah created us from sand, mixed with water, 
which then was heated and became hardened. And uh, in other parts of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa tells us about mixed clay. Mintinin uh, lazib. Naam, that's the ayah. Mintinin lazib. This refers to hot, connected, mixed, perfect clay. Subhanallah, as the scholars of tafsir describe. Right? So, um, this is us as a creation, and then we have the jinn as a creation. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? And subhanallah, look at us as a creation, where Allah placed our joints, where Allah, the bones that Allah gave us, the joints that Allah gave us, that wallahi, if Allah didn't give you an elbow, how would you feed yourself? How would you get the food into your mouth? Someone else would have to feed you. If Allah didn't give you a waist and didn't give you knees, how would you fall into prostration? Sujood, the sweetest, uh, uh, the sweetest position on earth, and the one thing that fills a void like no other thing. There's uh, there's a sweetness in sujood, wallah, that fills a void that nothing else can fill. If you didn't have the elbows, the waist, the knees, the the, the your ankles. How could you fall into sujood? How could you worship Allah through ruku'? Have you ever thought about this? When Allah says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We've created you in the best of postures. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ الَّذِي خَلَقَكَ فَسَوَّاكَ فَعَدَلَكَ What has put you in a deception of your Lord who is kareem, who is generous. He created you and shaped you. And made you upright. What has put you in a deception? That you failed to thank Allah for that reality that He's given you. That if He didn't give you this, how would you worship Him? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If He didn't lay out the earth and spread it for you, how would you worship Him? As Allah uh, teaches us, how would you go for hajj? It would, be diff- it would be too difficult. Allah facilitated it. Right? We la- these are favors. Then Allah says, Rabbul Mashriqaini wa Rabbul Maghribain. Allah is the Lord of the Mashriqain, of the two Easts, and He's the Lord of the West, of the two Wests. In, in another part of the Quran, Allah says, Fala uqsimu bi Rabbil Mashariqi wal Maghribi. This is the plural. This is not two Easts and two Wests. Wests. It refers to Easts and Wests. The plural form. Allah is taking a qasam by the Lord of all of the East and all of the West. And some of the scholars have said that this ayah teaches us that the earth is not flat but a sphere. Because you can only have different settings of the sun, thus multiple Easts, uh, multiple West, sorry, and different rising points of the sun, thus multiple Easts if the earth is curved. Subhanallah. Look at this deduction. Amazing, right? Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here, He says He's the Lord of all the positions, the different positions of rising and setting of the sun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then teaches us, Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? That Allah is the absolute owner. He is the absolute owner. Because He owns all the setting positions of the sun and all the rising positions of the sun, which means He's the owner of the entire universe. He owns all of the east and all of the west. He is the absolute owner of the entire universe. So which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So here we have the discussion of matters pertaining to physical land. Now Allah takes us to the sea. This duality in terms of instruction, I keep highlighting it so you appreciate it even uh, more. Uh, uh, we see it come about here again. After Allah has discussed uh, matters pertaining to the land, now Allah has gone to matters pertaining to the sea. And Allah say, and the oceans, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, uh, or, uh, before that, there's other benefits when we talk about the rising and setting of the sun. Such as you and I having periods of rest and period of work. وَجَعَلْنَا اللَّيْلَ libasa, وَجَعَلْنَا النَّهَارَ ma'asha. Allah says we, we made the night libas uh, uh, and the, the night is a canopy that covers the day. So you have this night for rest. 
And we learn about certain hormones that are released in darkness that your body needs. It helps your body clock and it helps the healing of your body. And it only is released when there's darkness. We've made the day a day for seeking, uh, the day, the portion of your life where you seek sustenance and things happen. Right? And because of the different positions of the rising and setting of the sun, which brings about the night and the day, you have a, you have a chance to recognize Allah. And we learn this from Surah An Imran. At the end of An Imran, Allah says, "Inna fi khalq al-samawati wal-ardi wa ikhtilaf al-layli wal-nahar la ayat li-ulil al-bab." Subhanallah. Allah says, "Indeed, in the differences of the night and day, in the creations of the heavens and the earth, and in the differences of the night and day, because of the different positions of the rising and setting of the sun, and we spoke earlier about how the sun is a means of seasons for us." We have some nights that are cold and some nights which are warm. Some days which are cold, some days which are warm. Some nights which are long, some nights which are short. Some days that are long, some days that are short. Now in the winter here, we have shorter days, longer nights. The summer comes, you have longer days, shorter nights. Because of the different positions of the rising and setting of the sun and the different seasons that come. And as I said, we learn from this the sphere... Uh, reality of the globe, <coughs> of the earth, that it is a globe. Allah says, in all this is a means for you to recognize your Lord. To learn that there's a Lord. That the system cannot be perfect just like that. There has to be a controller. And He is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the fact that we did all this for you to recognize Allah, Giving you means of guidance, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Are you going to thank Allah for giving you the means of being guided to Anjanna? That even between prophets, you don't have an excuse because you have your fitrah and you have this mind and you have this reality that Allah has created. All of it, if connected, leads you to belief in one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahi, we can go on and on. It's amazing, the surah. I told you, it's short, but it's simple, It's complex in its simplicity. There's so much going on. And all this further highlights the Makki nature of it. Because it really taps the, the, the hard heart, and the hard soul, and the hard nafs. These are short taps. Tap, 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 tap. That it breaks the outer layer. Those shackles that are blocking the light of belief and and, and, and the pure nature of the fitrah that's been buried. So as those layers, outer layers are removed, you slowly feel closer to guidance, closer to Allah. That it's, it is plausible to believe in one Allah. It is plausible that a Lord does exist. Right? It starts coming out. It starts coming out. As they keep listening to the Qur'an, فَذَكِّرْ بِالْقُرْآنِ Remind them using the Qur'an, مَنْ يَخَافُ وَعِيدٍ Those who fear the punishment of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyib. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? As we said, then Allah now moves on to matters of the sea. And He mentions, مَرَجَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ يَلْتَقِيَانِ He talks about the oceans and their meeting. And then He tells us, يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُمَ الْلُؤْلُؤُ وَالْمَرْجَانِ Now He's talking about the treasures of the sea. Then Allah tells us, وَلَهُ الْجَوَارِ uh, then Allah tells us about the functions of the sea. Let's go into that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says that um, we have caused the seas to come, the, the oceans to come together and meet, and likewise the seas. Right? We've caused them to come together to meet. Between them is a barrier that they don't cross. And we know we have salt water. And we have freshwater lakes, right? This is a reality that we know. And Allah is saying, this is Allah's doing. And because Allah does this, do you have benefit? There's so much benefit in having salt water and having fresh water. And even though they're two liquids, one doesn't overpower the other. 
Because if it did, you probably would only have salt water and that which comes with salt water like salt water fish. But because we have kept these things separate, we have fresh water fish, salt water fish, you have different tastes, right? Different types of meat, different benefits. You have water that you can drink and there's water that you can't drink. We know about desalinated plants that are used to remove the salt from water so it becomes edible. It's something you can drink. But Allah has fresh water that you can just put your hand into and drink it immediately. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? In Surah Al-Furqan, in ayah number 53, Allah tells us something similar. Allah says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي مَرَجَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ هَذَا عَذْبٌ فُرَاتٌ وَهَذَا مِلْحٌ أُجَاجٌ وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَهُمَا بَرْزَخٌ وَحِجْرًا مَحْجُورًا Allah says, and it is He who has released simultaneously, at the same time, the two seas, one fresh and sweet and one salty and bitter, and He placed between them a barrier and a prohibiting partition. Perhaps if we go into the science, you might be able to explain it through a process of osmosis. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, right? Osmosis, which is the movement of a liquid from a high concentration to a a low concentration with a semi-permeable membrane. (laughs) Trying to remember my biology. (laughs) Sahih, semi-permeable membrane, that's it. Wallahu a'lam. But this exists. And we know freshwater fish that can't live in salt water and vice versa. If there was no barrier, there would be destruction. Subhanallah. The system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is so perfect. How can anyone deny Allah when this is its reality? When what we see is Allah's reality. And His reality leads us to Allah. People claim this is nature. It's evolution. It's just happened. And they say, that is more logical than believing in a God, an ultimate supreme power that manages this perfect system. How misguided are they? May Allah guide them. Ameen. مَرَجَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ يَلْتَقِيَانِ بَيْنَهُمَا بَرْزَخْ لَا يَبْغِيَانِ فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Which of His favors do you deny? Do you deny? Because of fresh water, you have irrigation for your plants that might be harmed if you use salt water. (laughs) And that would affect your sustenance, the produce, the nature of your produce. But then we have salt water because the earth needs it to kill bacteria that gathers in water. So Allah gives you it as well. There's benefit in its bitterness and its saltiness. And through it you have sea salt which is also, it has a function for you to accentuate the ingredients of your food. And it brings to your food a different taste which we've created your tongues to enjoy. And when you taste it, you remember your Lord and praise Him more. So through it is an opportunity to praise Allah. If we didn't have that salt, you wouldn't get that opportunity to praise Allah. Subhanallah. It all leads back to Allah. It's all about tawheed, right? Everything is leading us back to all that we did this, so this could happen and that can happen. And because that happened, you could praise Allah in a way that you couldn't do had it not happened. And because of that, you've built your Jannah some more. Because of these different types of waters, we have seashells and corals and pearls, which are valuable, the sustenance for you. Right? People earn a living through this. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? You have fish of different colors and different sizes. And different tastes. And different complexities in terms of their flesh. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? And then, because of these waters, you have different job occupations related to Related to uh, the, uh, services that the seas uh, are a means of providing. You have the marines and you have fishing. You have transport. 
right? You have you, you you can now trade with people in other lands. Because when Allah is telling us about Maraj al-Bahrain, Allah is telling us about how the seas come together, because of this we have currents. And because of currents, things flow on top of the waters. If that didn't happen, how would these massive ships move? Before engines, there were sails and the currents pushed, uh, helped uh, because of the sails meeting the currents. These ships moved, they traveled long distances. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Subhanallah, wallahi. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُمَ الْلُؤْلُ وَالْمَرْجَانِ From them emerges pearls and corals. And we spoke about this. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ وَلَهُ الْجَوَارِ الْمُنْشَآتِ فِي الْبَحْرِ كَالْأَعْلَامِ Allah says, and to him belongs the ships with sails elevated. In the sea like mountains. Look at the description of the Qur'an. That you have mountains that Allah has used to peg the earth. And Allah spoke about the earth and the blessings on earth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about something similar in the seas. That when you see these ships with their high sails, it looks like mountains on the sea moving along. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? We've spoken about the ships. And when Allah brings our attention to the seas and mentions the ships, then no doubt how Allah has allowed the ship with all its weight to float above a liquid. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. If it couldn't, you couldn't benefit from this reality. And upon this, through contemplation and deduction and analogy, apply your thoughts. We have the planes in the sky. We have cars on the land. Effortlessly taking you from place to place. The world is a corner as they say today because of air travel. Tons of steel soaring the skies with its wings spread out. Nothing holds it except Ar-Rahman. La ilaha illallah. As Allah tells us in Surah Al-Mulk. Illa Ar-Rahman. Nothing is holding it up except Ar-Rahman. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Wallahi, we enter a plane today, we don't even think of Allah's favor upon us. Take it for granted. We get into our vehicles today, nobody's thanking Allah. We take it for granted. We receive, we cargo, we import, we export. Everything's happening. People's livelihood, goods are coming in via these ships. Not one day are we thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of His favors upon us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that, now look subhanallah, after Allah teaches us of all these blessings and reminds us time and time again, thank Allah, thank Allah, thank Allah, you really realize that this Qur'an is from a creator who created you. Because immediately after all of this, when you are in shock and awe of the reality of your Lord and what He's given you, Allah says, كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا Everything will disappear disintegrate, be crushed and perish. All of this will go. Because it's human nature that we don't recognize the blessings of something until it's gone. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accentuates and emphasizes our understanding of His mercy upon us and His blessings upon us by reminding us that everything is going to disappear. Except who? وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ Everyone and everything on earth will perish and nothing will remain except the face of your Lord, the owner, uh, the uh, face uh, of your Lord, owner of majesty and honor. ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ And Allah tells us, recognize Allah's favors upon you. Someone might say, why is Allah saying, فَبِأَيِّ آلَىٰ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ After Allah is telling us that everything is going to perish. Where's the favor in that? The favor in that is 
in you recognizing Allah's favor upon you. By you realizing that one day it will disappear. So Allah has helped you recognize His favor upon you. So you thanked Him and that was good for you. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Subhanallah. This is the Quran. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the next uh, ayah, well, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that everything will perish save Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, obviously if we look beyond this ayah and beyond what I shared, then no doubt this is a call to tawheed. That if nothing will remain except Allah, why would you want to worship anything besides Allah? If things more powerful than the idols that you've made and the graves that you worship will perish, mountains will perish, ships will perish, the seas will perish, the corals will perish, the pearls will perish, the trees will perish, the sun will perish, the moon will perish, the stars will perish, everything that we've told you about that is so mighty and great will perish besides Allah. Why would you want to worship anything besides Allah? And thus, in Surah Al-Fatiha, we say, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ You alone do we worship and you alone do we seek assistance from. Meaning, we will not seek assistance from anyone besides you, Ya Allah, because no one can help us besides you, so why would we worship anyone but you? If no one can help us besides you, how can we worship anyone but you? Thus you say, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ You alone do we worship. Because you alone do we seek assistance from. Meaning what? Because there's no one else who can help us, there's no one else who we can worship besides you, Ya Allah. It's a message of Tawheed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So which of the favors of your Lord of your Lord do you deny? Allah brings us now into reality. Allah says, We will attend to you, O prominent beings. La ilaha illallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَنَفْرُغُ لَكُمْ أَيُّهَا الثَّقَلَانِ You will be attended to, O mankind and jinn kind. Don't think that your Lord will be too busy to take you to account. Each and every one of you will be attended to. And if you want to widen the net here, this is talking about the day of Qiyamah, when we will be taken to account. But if you want to widen the net here, Allah attends to us, irrespective of our number, Attends to every living being, irrespective of, of its number, 24-7. And it's not even difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this ayah is talking about qiyamah. We'll take you to account. But there's a distance, inference that I want to highlight here, because also this should make us recognize Allah's blessings upon us. That wallahi, we have millions of trees on earth, with trillions of leaves, not one leaf falls except with the permission of Allah and His power and His knowledge. There's trillions of tiny creatures moving on the face of this earth. Nothing moves except with the will of Allah and His knowledge. Subhanallah. That even that black ant underneath that dark boulder during the darkest of nights, it doesn't move except with Allah's knowledge of it moving and Allah attending to it. Imagine brothers and sisters, our hearts beat, Allah is attending to it. Wallahi, if you, imagine if we had to remember our hearts beating, what would happen? If we had to remember to be alive, we know how forgetful we are. <laughs> right? But remember, if remember if, because every time you remember your heart beats, hey, what happens? You forgot. Then you say, subhanAllah, I forgot. Habibi, no time for that, because you're dead. <laughs> you forgot, now you're dead. It's khalas. You can't even say, subhanAllah, I forgot. <laughs> your heart beats without you thinking about it. Allah is attending to you, O servant of Allah. And like you, every single living creation, Allah is attending to it, even bacteria. This is the reality of your Creator. Why do you worship anyone but Him? Why do you thank other people like Him? Why do you attribute success to yourself? What is this? My skills, my money, my deal, my brain, my education, my school, my background. What is this? You fragile human being. Why do you behave with this kind of arrogance and paradigm? When you are who you are, 
because of the power and might of Allah. Your system should be one of la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There's no power, no might except from Allah. Wallahi, it's all Allah, it's not me. We don't do, Allah does. This is your reality. Where is this arrogance coming from? These are the favors of Allah upon you. You are nothing without your Lord. Why do you act as if you are who you are because of you? The honor Allah gave you. Wallahi, think about this brothers and sisters. We have sins, Allah hides our sins. Wallahi, if Allah didn't hide our sins, what honor would we have? Allah hides our sins. He raises our mansion. People meet us, they respect us, they love us. Wallahi, it's only because Allah hid our sins and made prevalent to them and manifest to them our goodness. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? This is Surah Al-Rahman. Another surah of great perspective, Wallahi. يُعِزُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُذِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِيَدِهِ الْخَيْرُ he gives honor to whom he wills and he debases whom he wills and in his hands is all khair. Have you thanked Allah for the honor that you have in society? Because you haven't recognized it as a favor. Allah says, وَلَا تَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوْ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ هَالِكٌ إِلَّا وَجْهَهُ لَهُ الْحُكْمُ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ In Surah Al-Qasas, ayah number 88. Another ayah that complements the ayah in Surah Al-Rahman. Allah says, do not worship anyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوْ There's no one worthy of worship besides Him. Everything will perish besides Allah. لَهُ الْحُكْمُ He is... The owner of all rule and legislation. And indeed to him you will return. In another ayah Allah says, uh, Indeed for Allah is khalq, creation. Wal-amr, legislation. Why should, why, why should it be for anyone else? He created you. So he legislates. Legislation is only for Allah because He's the only one who created you. He knows you better than you know yourself. So He legislates appropriately to your reality. Who can legislate better than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Tabarakallah, blessed is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Abbas says, the angel said, all on earth would perish. And when this ayah was revealed, the angels became informed that even they would perish. Kullu man alayha fan. The angels thought that only those on earth would perish. But when Allah revealed كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا فَان They realized that even they would perish. And there's a very weak narration, very weak, that describes the day of Qiyamah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking the few that He allowed to remain, who remains? So we might have heard this narration. And the angels say Jibril remains and Ismikail and Israfil and the angels carrying your arsh and the angel of death and, and, and you you are the ever living that never die we don't have to repeat the narration because it's extremely weak but indeed this message that Allah is the ever living and will never die this is haqq kullu man alayha faan wa yabqa wajhu rabbik dhul jalali wal ikram that you have the ability to worship the only one worthy of worship. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Ibn Kathir mentions here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described his face as the owner of absolute majesty and honor. And Ibn Abbas radiallahu an describes Allah as the owner of majesty and pride. Thus affirming that Allah Almighty is the only one worthy of being worshipped and his laws are the only laws worthy of being followed. He is the absolute perpetual being from ever and forever. And the name of Allah Almighty is a mighty one in our dua. No doubt. The names of Allah are Wajhu Rabbik. Rabb is the Lord. And we've been encouraged to use Allah's names in our dua. Once the Messenger وسلم, heard someone asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using this name Allah. And using a name from the names of Allah and especially Allah. And the scholars have two deductions from this narration. Number one, importance of using Allah's names in our dua. And number two, their discussion, which is a matter of difference between them, which is the greatest name of Allah. 
Is it Allah? Is it Al-Hay Al-Qayyum? Or is it Al-Hay? This is not the discussion for today. But we take uh, this benefit. From this ayah and from what I told you earlier about And if we worship Allah alone because we can only seek assistance from Him, we shouldn't worship anyone else. So when we make dua to Allah, we make dua using Allah's names. Allah says, Allah says, call out to Allah using the name Allah or the name Ar-Rahman. And any of them which you use, Allah has beautiful elevated names. Tayyip. Um, and obviously this ayah, brothers and sisters in Islam, should bring an impact to our servitude. We should really be feeling the reality of our, ourselves in front of Allah and our need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Worship Him alone and increase our ubudiyya. And I spoke earlier about وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا There's uh, were, it's not the case for a believing male and female that when the law of Allah comes, you start deciding when you want to follow it. You start deciding that you have a choice. I'll see how it goes. We don't have this in our sharia. Right? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ma'ashar al-jinni wal-ins, in istata'atum an tanfudu min aqtari samawati wal-ardi fanfudu, la tanfuduna illa bisultan. Now, uh, some of the scholars say that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us about the day of Qiyamah because of the ayah, lakum When Allah says, we will attend to you, O thaqalan, O mankind and jinkind. And thaqalan refers to the two heavy things. And mankind and jinkind are referred to, to, to heavy matters because they are weighty. Right? And they are from the weighty matters on earth. So they've been given this title. And also they are weighty because of their deeds. And if, the, if their deeds are not good, then they're weighty in bad deeds. And if the deeds are good, then they're weighty in good deeds. And we know that our deeds will be weighed on the day of Qiyamah. And anything that is weighed needs to have weight. So this is a lot of perspective that comes into play by Allah describing us as weighty. <laughs> Subhanallah. This is, the, this is the might of the Qur'an. That is just one word, but it sends you into a vortex of contemplation. Allah says, we will attend to you. And as we said, the scholar said, this is on the day of Qiyamah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ma'ashar al-jinni wal-ins. And this is the thaqalan, the jinn kind and the mankind. In istata'atum, if you are able, and tanfudu min aqtari samawati wal-ard, the scholars say this refers to yawm uh, al-mahshar, when mankind and jinn kind are gathered on the plains of reckoning. Allah is saying, if you are able to escape this day, you, it's impossible. Meaning, you'll never ever be able to escape this day, escape this mahshar, escape this plains of where the questioning will happen, except with permission, except with a power, except with a might, and you don't have it. So if you don't even think about it. You're not going nowhere. You see how the surah is now changed? Subhanallah. It was, we've given you, we've given you, we've given you, we've given you, then we'll take it away now, realize also where you're going to. And what's going to happen? That here you thought you had a choice. Here you thought you could decide. You had your mind, you had your heart, you could do what you want, when you want, how you want, or at least you thought you're coming to a day when nothing of that sort is going to happen. That's a mighty day. We spoke about how Allah will be so angry. He was never angry like that before. And he will never be angry like that after. That you will be raised, clothless. And Aisha radiallahu anha tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Kaif, how? You'll be raised without any clothes? People will, will, will be naked and looking at each other? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Ya Aisha, the situation will be far more greater than you think. Nobody will have time to think about that. Like how some of the brothers say when they go for hajj. And stampedes are happening. Allah protect us. But if you hear some accounts, people's uh, harams are being ripped off and uh, females are partially being exposed. No one notices anything. And some hujjaj have said, Wallahi, we, we thought about what the Prophet wasallam said, that it will be st- the situation will be so mighty, you wouldn't be, these are not things to look at or take note of. Right? I'm trying to give you a world example just to, 
to, to bring it closer to you. That when you start fearing for your life, Allah, no one's looking at this person is exposed here and this person is exposed there. That's for your life. What about your salvation in the hereafter? If you go into Jahannam, it's forever. You go into Jannah, it's forever. And you don't know. And it's a day that's 50,000 years long. That's the day of Qiyamah. كَانَ مِقْدَارُهُ خَمْسِينَ أَلْفَ سَنَةً فَاصْبِرْ صَبْرًا جَمِيلًا That's what you have to do on earth. If you patient, a beautiful patience on earth, remaining upon the do's, staying away from the don'ts, then you will manage 50,000 years. Which is one day. Qiyamah refers to the last day. There's no day after it. It's the last day of things which are temporary. Everything after it is perpetual. Qiyamah refers to the finality of a phase. Or we could say of a phase. So Qiyamah is that day that brings an end to the phase of things which come and go. After it, it's perpetual. Either perpetual bliss or perpetual punishment. And that day, Allah says, is 50,000 years long. (laughs) 50,000 years long. Everyone from the first of jinn to the last of jinn, from the first of mankind to the last of mankind will be in front of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al Wahidul Qahar, Al Ahad, Al Samad, Alladhi Lam Yalid wa Lam Yulad wa Lam Yakulla Kufuan Ahad. And even if they came together, they have no Sultan. You know, people say, let's get together and create a coup. Huh? There's no Sultan, no one is escaping. No one is escaping. Allah is telling us about this day. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Which of the favors of Allah do you deny? يُرُسِلُ عَلَيْكُمَا شُوَاذٌ مِّن نَّارٌ وَنُحَاسٌ فَلَا تَنْتَصِرَانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that for anyone who, uh, who, who, who attempts, who thinks of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will be sent upon them a flame of fire and, uh, and copper. وَنُحَاسْ فَلَا تَنْتَصِرَانِ And you'll never ever be able to defend yourselves. There's no defense. And remember, we're talking about a moment in time that we can't even imagine. So don't think about flames of the dunya and copper of the dunya. فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Again, people say, where's the, this is fearful stuff here. <laughs> Why is Allah repeating, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Realize from this the favor of guidance. Realize from this the favor of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Realize from this the favor of the Quran. Realize from this the favor of the Sunnah. Realize from this the favor of the ulama and the du'at. Realize from this, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam. These are favors. So which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? It's not Qiyamah yet. When you're reading this ayah, it's not Qiyamah yet. The fact that Allah is giving you advance notice of that which is to come is a favor. He's not shocking you. He's giving you advance notice. He's telling you how it's going to be. There's a big exam in the grave. He's told you the questions before the exam. In the world, which, which institute gives you questions before the exam? Allah is telling you, we're giving you in advance the questions. This is a favor from Allah. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? The reality is a real, one of despair for those who don't pull through. One of disaster and destruction for those who don't pull through. These are favors, this Qur'an, this messenger, the sunnah, your knowledge of the unseen, that which Allah made known to you. These are favors, O servants of Allah. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Allah says, فَإِذَا شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءِ Subhanallah. And when the heaven is split open and becomes rose-colored like oil, Right? When the day of, and this is from the descriptions of the day of Qiyamah. إِنَّ زَلْزَلَةِ السَّاعَةِ شَيْءٌ عَظِيمٌ Allah says, the shaking of the hour is a mighty thing. Is a mighty thing. Shay is in, is, is, uh, uh, is, in the indefin- is in the indefinite form. So whatever you want to think about, it's mighty. شَيْءٌ عَظِيمٌ It's a mighty thing. And Allah goes on to tell us, you'll see people who are, who are normal, but they're moving around like they're drunk. Allah 
They're moving around like they're drunk, but they're not drunk. But it's the punishment of Allah that is severe that's caused them to act like they're intoxicated. So Allah says, فَإِذَنْ شَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ وَرَدَتًا كَالْدِّهَانِ And when the heavens split and become rose-colored like oil, كَالْدِّهَانِ Right? فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ You're going to ask, what is the favor in Allah making us scared? Well, the same answers I shared with you previously apply here. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then on that day, none will be asked about his sin among men or jinn. Naam, you'll be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have a standing by yourself. That is the reality. You'll be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By yourself. We all have the standing. Allah is highlighting to us. That in this world you might think you have your buddies. I'll take him with me. I'll take her with me. No. You will be asked about your sin by yourself. And Allah won't be asking you because He doesn't know. The angels have written everything. Kiram and Katibin. They've written everything. Allah's not going to ask to try and find out. No. You will be asked and that asking in itself is a punishment. When Allah says you'll be questioned on the day of Qiyamah, you'll be informed. That's the reality. You will be informed of your reality on earth. And you will be by yourself. And no one who stands in front of Allah will perish. Uh, will stand except that they will perish. Wallah, it's mighty. It's not a small matter. And it's the mercy of Allah that will dictate our end. May Allah shower His mercy upon us. So make that dua to Allah. Allah, shower upon me your mercy in all my affairs in this life and the next. Give me your mercy, ya Allah. It's the greatest dua you can ask for Allah's mercy. Just ask Him for His mercy. Because He knows the reality of His mercy. Only His mercy will save us when we stand in front of Him. There's no questioning, it's inf- you will be informed. It's an interrogation, brothers and sisters in Islam. And we don't like that term interrogation, right? Unless someone says you're going for interrogation, hey, that doesn't sound very, very nice. And that's what the reality of Qiyamah is. Did we come across the ayah, يَسْأَلُهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ? Did I skip it? Alright. Allah says, Yasaluhu man fis samawati wal let's go back to it quickly. Allah says, Yasaluhu man fis samawati wal ard, kulla yomin huwa fi sha'an. Everything in the skies ask from Allah. This is ayah number uh, uh, ayah number twenty-nine. Everything in the skies ask from Allah. Everything on earth asks from Allah. The creation on earth asks Allah for sustenance and forgiveness. And the creation of the skies asks for forgiveness. And the angels ask Allah to forgive us and shower upon us rizq. Mankind needs what mankind needs and all our needs are different. We're all asking for different things. Plants have needs, animals have needs, insects have needs, birds have needs, fish have needs. La ilaha illallah. Everything has a need and Allah is attending to everyone's need. And we spoke about this when we, when we said Allah attends to all of us, right? So the explanation was given although we, we didn't mention the ayah. <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say and by the way if we want to look at the deeper lesson behind the apparent meanings then what, do you th- what are we learning here? The importance of accountability, right? Take yourself to account brothers and sisters in Islam before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes you to account Take account of your deeds before Allah takes you to account. Have that thinking day. It's important. You analyze your life and realize who you are and who you're not. Don't live life thinking you're someone when you're not that someone. Because Allah doesn't judge you based on your appearance. He judges you based on your deeds. He judges you based on your heart. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَادِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ The hadith is disputed but the meaning is right. Allah doesn't look at your outer appearance, your dress. He looks at your heart and your deeds. He's not going to reward you because you looked like you prayed. He'll reward you if you actually prayed, if your intention was right. He won't reward you if you look like you fasted. Some of us live life thinking we are upon guidance, but we haven't really analyzed ourselves and done the necessary stock take. People know what stocks they have, but they still do a stock take, right? They physically count. 
just in case. Hasibu anfusakum qabla an Take account of yourself before account is taken off you. This is the meanings of these ayat. And the favor of them is Allah telling us what is going to come, so we take account ourselves. And that is the favor that after you take account of yourself, you thank Allah for giving you the ability to take account of yourself. Can you imagine? The fact that we don't take ourselves to account, if we do, that is a mercy from Allah, from Ar-Rahman. Allah says, We spoke about this, that the believers have a sign, they are known by a sign, their sign must be the Qur'an. And also Allah says, the disbelievers also, they will have their sign. Allah will get them lifted by their forelocks and their feet and thrown into the fire. And when a person picks you up like that, it's painful, number one. And number two, it's a sign from Allah that you will have nothing to grab onto. If someone grabs you by the hands, you can grab onto them. You'll have nothing to grab onto. And here we are taught you'll be flung into the fire. Wallahi, that is... Uh, that brings a reality, wallahi. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? This is the Jannah that the criminals are denying. This ayah, wallahi, it's one to strike fear even in the strongest of people. Allah says that this Jahannam is what the criminals deny. Allah says they will go around in this Jahannam, between this Jahannam and Hamim in An. Hamim in An refers to scalding, boiling water. So what will be their plight in this Jahannam? They'll be moving from punishment to, scale, to scalding, boiling water. To punishment, to scalding, boiling water. To punishment, to scalding, boiling water. They're in a vortex of hardship. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing. Remember we said, Rahman is descriptive of the general um, uh, listings in Surah Al-Qamar. Allah is going into details here. But as He goes into details here, He'll also give us details of Jannah. May Allah save us from Jahannam. Ameen. Which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? Then Allah tells us, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ Now Allah is finished with Jahannam, He goes to Jannah. And he says, as for the one who fears his standing in front of Allah, Allah says for him is Jannatan. For him is Jannatan. Two paradises. Subhanallah. Why two paradises? What are these two paradises here? The scholars have different uh, explanations to it. And uh, obviously I'm speeding up a bit because our time is coming to an end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Whoever fears he's standing in front of Allah, he, of his Lord, Jannatan, he will have two Jannas. And it is said that this ayah was revealed because of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and refers to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu himself. And he once said that he wished he was like a plant that was consumed by another animal. And he wished that he was never created when he heard the descriptions of Jahannam. So Allah revealed, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ was revealed because of his wish or because of what he said when he heard the description of Jahannam. So Allah says, the one who fears his Lord will get two Jannahs. And Ibn Abbas says that this ayah includes in it the jinn that fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reward accordingly because Rahman was read to both the jinn and uh, the ins and the Quran was revealed for both the jinn and the ins. The scholars of tafsir have cited several uh, lessons or uh, interpretations regarding this as follows. They say this ayah refers to the one who fears his standing in front of his Lord on the day of Qiyamah and the one who fears his Lord knowing that his Lord is omniscient. Um, omniscient meaning he's al-alim. He's all knowledgeable over what he did. So he lived on earth with the knowledge that Allah is watching what I do. And he also feared his standing in front of Allah. So when he worshipped Allah, he feared Allah with regards to his deeds being accepted. When Allah says, وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ When He describes those whose, whose hearts shake in tremor, who did Rasulullah describe them as? as? As those who worship Allah. They do what Allah tells them to do. But they do it knowing that I have to return to Allah. <coughs> and they don't know how it's going to be when they return to Allah. But they have good hope in Allah, but they don't guarantee for themselves success. 
Then another explanation says, it's for a person who, e- who left even leaning towards doing sin. Not doing the sin, but even the, the leaning t- uh, towards it, he left it as well. Ibn Abbas an says, the one who fears his Lord after completing a compulsory act, is who this ayah refers to. It doesn't guarantee him for himself salvation. And this would entail that he fears his deeds not being accepted and he maintained piety outside of the fara'it. He didn't just do the minimum. He tried to beautify his minimum with the voluntary. But yes, no doubt, the one who does the minimum will get jannah. And we spoke about the business class jannah, right? We'll come to that inshallah. I think, can we get some time after the salah to finish? When do we have to finish now? All right. In three minutes or four minutes. طيب, uh, Imam al- let's ma- finish this point, then we'll break for salah. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions a report by Ibn Abbas عن, that the Messenger said two gardens, with each garden spanning the length of 100 years, with each garden having in it a middle, and in that middle is an unimaginable house made out of light. Subhanallah. This is the description of the Prophet وسلم, about this, uh, these gardens. And as for, the, as for the two jannas, it has been said that it is a jannah made for him and a jannah that he inherits. And some said it's a jannah for him and a jannah for his wives. And someone said it's a jannah for doing good and a jannah for leaving bad. Jannata. And some said it's a jannah for the good from the jinn and a jannah from the good from mankind. Because Allah talks about jinn and ins in Surah Rahman. And some have said two is mentioned, however it refers to many. But the norm of the Arabs was to mention a number in reference to many things. This, and this is a norm. Like in the Quran, when Allah also mentions to the Prophet wasallam about seeking forgiveness for the hypocrites, if he does it seven times, sorry, 70 times, 70 marra, Allah won't forgive them. This doesn't mean that if he did it 71 times, that Allah will forgive them. Allah is mentioning a number, but he means... There's no number, that, uh, there's no amount of forgiveness that you can seek for them, that they will get a reward. Which, which of the favors of your Lord do you deny? When we come back after Salah, we'll speak about the, the remaining descriptions about uh, uh, this Jannah, and then talk about the comparison between the higher Jannah and the lower Jannah. Bidinlahi ta'ala. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.